just cannot believe it. It's just hard for us to accept it. And I'm praying to God for my life and for you that before I leave this world, before I leave this world, I please God let me understand some of it. And I'll share what I mean by that. In John chapter 17, Jesus said, Father, and he was praying to the Father. He said, I want you to glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the world was. And then he said, the glory that you've given me, I have given to them. And I'm thinking, if I carry the glory that was on Christ, and Jesus didn't lie to us, there must be something different about me that I don't know about. The enemy knows, they can see it, but we don't know it. And so we carry ourselves differently from the way God has created us in Christ. And so we spend a lifetime trying to understand what God has done for us fully on earth. The extent to which you go will depend on the intensity of your search. Because Jesus made it very clear. He said, the kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in the field. Remember the parable? You searched until you find it. Many are not willing to search. And so they live much less than what God intended them for them to live on the earth. And I am by the grace of God. And I told myself, it's never too late. I know that the revelation that God is bringing my way is not just for you, but for me also. So that I can live fully on this earth before I pass on. I'm holding nothing back. And I'm not looking at, by the grace of God, what I see in front of me. There's a new year coming. And I'm going to look at the new year with great anticipation of what great things God will do in your life and in my life. We have to believe the God that we serve. The God that gave himself for us. The God that gave his blood, his life, so that I can have life. If he gave his life so I can have his life, I got to have his life. And his life is not ordinary. Amen? His life is not ordinary. We should live extraordinary life. Amen? The greatest trouble, and I need to pray, Father... In the name of Jesus, we ask for that spirit of wisdom, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of revelation, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of Jesus. Let him give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We ask this in the name of our Lord, our precious Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. So the greatest trouble for us as humans on the earth is we're human. We're human. And we cannot see beyond that to realize and understand that even though you're human, that's just a part of your life. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
That which is born of the spirit is spirit. We're so familiar with the natural, we have decided as believers, not just you, all of us, we have decided that that's our place of comfort. But God is saying, no, no, that's not your place of comfort. That's not where you should be. I want you to transform yourself. Go into the spirit realm. That's where to live. And the way to live in that realm is by faith. No other way. There is no other way to really enjoy God and really experience His presence and, and, and feel His presence than through faith. So as long as you allow your sense knowledge to control what's happening in your life, you remain in the natural. And you will mind the things of the flesh. But if we will renew our minds through the word of God, the scriptures, God will begin to do unusual things in our lives. I'm still growing, you're still growing. But I thank God for the quality of people that God has brought to this church. You are people of faith. You are people of faith. I remember when we started. It was just about 20 people in the home, possibly. If we had 30 people come to church on a Sunday, 30, probably 25, it was in my home. When they leave, Angela and I will be high-fiving one another. And boy, this is a, a wonderful. Can you believe we got 20 people in the house today? Amen. And out of that, just, just 20 to 30 people, in three months' time, these people of faith came together and we were believing God to raise for us $30,000 to buy this property. And guess what God was doing? The money was coming in. And we were asking one another, where is the money coming from? They were the ones giving, but they were asking one another, where is this money coming from? In six months time after we started, we were already in this building. Because people were willing to ignore what we know in the natural and believe a God who has called us to do a work. That is why we are not willing to stay just in, te in Texas. We want to do whatever. We have a television program in Nigeria. Have you heard about that? And the testimonies that are coming from that But now, because of what God is doing, and there's more coming from what I'm hearing, and they have a fellow that is, you know, well-known in, in that area, having a conference. Now, he called me. He's been calling me because they've seen the program. He's going to be having a conference in Liberia. He holds big conferences. He said, I want you to come and be part of that because of what was going on. So God is expanding us, and, and you and I together, we're going to reach the world. Amen? I always said this before, why not us? I know if you, if you don't believe it, that's okay. But slowly, God will be doing this miracle, and before you know, this church, you and I, will be reaching out to the world. The reason why we are there is, I believe, God is going to be opening doors in Nigeria, and in other countries, in Africa, in Europe, wherever. And God will pick people here, especially our young people, to reach out to the world. That's my vision, and I'm not going to quit. And I believe this coming year is going to be a great year for our church. 
God is going to be picking our people. You may turn around and look. He's wondering who. That's up to him. Usually he picks the unlikely person. He's going to use use all of us as a church to reach the world. That will happen. Amen. That will really happen. Some of our young people are going to be great in this country. I believe that some of our young people are going to be well known in this country. They will have great names. Some of your children are going to become great in this country because God has promised that to us. He said, if you believe, if you come after me, I will make your name great. He called us just as he called Abraham. We have the same call upon our lives. Jesus said, no man can come unto me unless my heavenly father draws him. You came because the father drew you. And if the father drew you to himself, He's not drawing everybody in the world. You've got to be special. There must be something in you that he's placed in there that he wants the world to know and to see and experience. You are not ordinary. The problem is we are so focused on the natural, we cannot believe God for what we can't see, what we can put our hands around. If we can taste it, we can smell it, we can hear it, we can feel it, we give up. And God is saying, the just shall live by faith. I don't care what the doctor says. We can trust God and he doesn't fail. Amen. So we must release ourselves from sense evidence. We must release ourselves from sense knowledge evidence. What we see. If we contradict God's word, I have the right to ignore it. Not based on my own ability, what I can do for myself, but what I see in the world. That's the way God wants it. He says, why we do not look at the things that are seen, because those things are temporary. We must look at the things that are not seen, because those are the things that will remain forever. Will last forever. We started here, he stays forever. Amen. But I want to share with you, we're talking about faith. And I started saying this towards the closing last time we were on this message, that if you want to develop the highest type of faith, the faith that will always bring results from God, you got to do two things. Two things. I felt really strong that I need to revisit this because a lot of Christians don't understand this. And by the grace of God, I'm stumbling on this. You live that way, but you don't understand until God gives you wisdom and understanding. Two things. Your words must be good. You must do everything possible. Now, you can't do everything that you say you're going to do. You're not God. You have his nature in you. But we can't. We have some weaknesses. We don't know everything. So you can't do everything that you promise to do. But in your heart, you do everything that you promise to do. In your heart. You're going to do it. If you said it, you want to do it. And if you're not able to do it, it's a pain inside of you. I wish I could have done that. You made a promise, I'm going to be there, but other situations come in. Your heart is really to be there, but you can do it. God sees it, and in the mind of God, you've done it, even though you didn't go. 
But what's happening today among believers, they just give words just to make people feel good. They don't mean what they're saying. They make promises. They don't even, while they are speaking, they know deep inside their heart, they are not going to keep that thing. I'm just saying it so they feel good and I can get rid of the situation just as it is. Where God sees your heart, he knows what's going on. If you are like that, it's going to be hard for you to trust God. Very hard to trust. Because all we got, words from God that you can't see. And if you can't stay full, fully in your heart to, to, to do what you said, subconsciously you begin to think other people, when they're saying things to you, you're thinking they're just talking. Because that's who you are. That's the way you respond. You won't believe what they say. And if you can't believe people that you see, and when they tell you something, you can't trust it and just let go and just move on, guess what's going to happen? Subconsciously, you do the same to God. You think he's just talking just to make you feel good. He's not going to keep it. And if I ask you before long, you have things to say, well, we prayed so, so, and so, but God didn't answer. You, you have the track record. We project what's happening inside of us onto other people, right? That's it. If you can trust what people say to you, if you can trust, I mean, there are times when, you know, there's something wrong and it's really hard to trust. I've been there. But generally, you want to trust. And if you're having a, a, a hard time just trusting what people say and believing, you have a problem. It's not them, it's you. And what's going to happen, you transfer that into to God and you won't be able to believe whatever God says. You may claim you believe in healing, but deep inside you really don't know if God will do his word. Because you don't keep your word either. Subconscious, subconsciously you already know that words don't mean anything. And what you're telling me from the Bible is just words. Have you seen God? The Bible says if you can't love a man that you can see, right? How can you claim you love God that you can't see? If you can't believe people, love believes all things, right? If you can't believe people that you can see, you can't believe God. You're lying to yourself. You can't. That's one thing. If you want to develop the type of faith that will bring results from God, do whatever it takes. I mean, you can't. You're not God. You're not perfect. But in your heart, you want to do what's right at all times. Without the fear of men. You understand what I'm saying? People fear people. And so sometimes they say and do things just because they don't want to cause problems. <laughs> say it. There is a time to be gentle and to try to avoid God knows what you're doing. But there is a time when, you know, this is it. Be true to your word. The next thing is like the first one is so important. You have to be faithful. In whatever you're doing. I said the other time, I used to wonder, why, what is the connection between faith and faithfulness? Faith and faithfulness. If you don't have faith, you can't be faithful. It's just the way it goes. Read about all the people that were great men of God in the past. Those that accomplished things for God, they were faithful people. And then you read about Saul. You can tell 
from Saul's life, he didn't care what God said. He did what he wanted to do. He wasn't faithful. Look at his life. But think about David. Was he perfect? No. But he was faithful to whatever God called him to do. Stay in Saul's house, I mean Saul's house, and play the harp. He did it faithfully. Until it was no longer possible for him to do it. If Saul called, he'd be right back in his post, doing his thing. He was faithful. He was imperfect, but he was faithful in everything God called him to do. You see, God will only, there's only one thing that God will reward. Not the magnitude of the accomplishment you've had on earth. The only thing God is going to reward on the day of judgment is faithfulness. Not, not what you've done. Not the particulars of all of those things. But the way he sees it, if you have faith to be faithful in the small things, the little things, guess what he does? He says, well, I think he has faith for the big things. Amen. Then it promotes you to be faithful in something much larger. So if you are not faithful in that little thing, whatever it is, whatever it is, if even if it means playing, you are not faithful, you're back and forth, guess what? God knows he can trust you. Jesus said, if you are not faithful in the ungodly mammon, who is going to give you true riches? He gives you money, you don't pay your tithe, you keep it to yourself. And he says, oh, I can uh-uh, not him, not her. We have to learn to be faithful. Those who were of faith were faithful. Faithful Abraham, the man of faith. You have to be faithful. It's like God. He is faithful. So if you want to have that type of faith that will always yield results, that will do unusual things. Now, there is no need to have faith for ordinary things. They're ordinary. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) You need to have faith for extraordinary things. That's when faith is needed. Why should I believe for something that I can see? Why should I believe for something that I can handle myself? You believe for something that's beyond you. That's faith. But it's tied to faithfulness. Those who are faithful accomplish great things. If you have faith, you will be faithful as well. If you are not faithful, I can tell you're just talking. There's no faith there. When you really believe God, you'll act on it and you stay with it. So that's what we need to do. Have that highest form of faith in God that's reflected in faithfulness. Up to and fro, back and forth, constantly, all the way in the wilderness, back, around again. God knows he can trust you. You just cannot. People, uh, Christians don't recognize this. God can give you just a little thing. Maybe just helping to pass out, you know, the offering envelope. You won't stay there for long if you're doing God's work. Because he will begin to reveal things to you. He'll begin to reveal things to you. This morning I was reading about Samuel. Samuel didn't mind God. He was just doing his business in the house. Closing the temple, waking up early, you know, to light the lamps and everything in the house of God. One night, God was going to reveal himself to him. 
And after that, she stray. A great prophet was born. Faithfulness is so important. Amen. Another thing is, for you as a child of God, if the Spirit of God lives in you, and we know He lives in you as a child of God, don't talk in terms of impossibilities. That's not your inheritance. That's not a part of your life. Yes, we acknowledge it. It does exist because we're human. But the way we should see it, according to the scriptures, those impossibilities, those struggles, those little problems we have, according to the scriptures, they are working for you, for your good. The Bible says all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Not your purpose, his purpose. So you just rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You rest and let God put these things together. Put the ingredients together. Some of them may taste bad. Some of them may taste really nice. But when God is finished with the, with the stuff, <laughs> you like it. Amen? You like it. So you don't bother on that. You don't give up on God. You stay with it because God is going to come through. That's why I'm saying again, and I like to say it, because if you don't say it, then when it happens, it's like it just happened. No. I want to say it before it happens that God is going to raise great men and women from this church. God is going to do it. So then when it's happening, you know that God responded to his word. And that great people, great men and great women have come in out of this church and reaching out to the world. It's going to happen. Jesus' blood is there to make it happen. Amen. If we will believe. All things are possible. Amen. If we will stay together and believe. It's nothing that's impossible. Now, in Matthew chapter 17 verse 20, it says, So Jesus said to them, because of your own belief, for assuredly, you know, I want to assure you, Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, we're not talking, you know, we'd like to talk about this huge faith. He has great faith. And you generally, I don't like to use the word faith. Because every time you use the word faith, Christians will start wondering, like I did and still do sometimes, do I have faith? Oh God, am I sure? Increase our faith. You know, all of that kind of stuff. But Jesus said, even if your faith is little, it's not a question of faith. It's whether you will allow in unbelief. Jesus said, it's because of your own belief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, really small, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will, it will move. And he said, and nothing will be impossible to you. Amen. Can you say nothing? Nothing, nothing means nothing. Don't go define it. Nothing means nothing. So whatever it is that Satan is coming against you with, according to Isaiah 54, God is not involved in it. It says it very clearly in Isaiah 54. When they gather against you, I didn't instruct them, but everyone who comes against you will fall for your sake. And they're just helping you to cook something great for you to enjoy. Amen. That's the way God wants us to see life when we have him 
in our life. He says in Mark chapter 11 verse 24, he says, therefore I say to you, Jesus saying, therefore means is there for a reason, okay? Whatever I told you, because of all these things that I've told you, now I'm going to conclude, therefore I say to you, what things soever, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When are you supposed to believe that you receive them? When you pray, at the time that you are praying, believe you have them. These are not my words. That's what Jesus told us. When you pray, believe that you have them, meaning you believe that you can already put your hands around it. Even though you can't see it, you can't feel it, but with the eyes of faith, you can see it. You can see yourself walking Again, without pain. When you prayed. Even though it's not done, it says, and you will have them. Even though you don't feel it at that point, you have already prayed. And you believe that what you prayed has been answered. You already have it. Jesus said you will have it. He cannot lie to us. This is a principle of faith. In other words, you believe that you have something that you can't see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The, the just shall live by faith. You want to be successful, that's living, right? If you want to be successful in the kingdom of God, how do you do it? You have to live by faith. There's no other way. You can't beg God and cry. He's not going to work. He feels sorry for you, but you still stay with the problem. In this coming year, we are not staying with any of that in Jesus' name. It's going to be a great year. Can you say amen with me? His, this next 2010 is going to be a wonderful year. You can't even help yourself. You're so happy for what God is doing. You're rejoicing because God is doing great things in your life. That's the way it's going to be. Start seeing those things now. Amen? Start seeing those things now. Don't begin, begin to dream of... of Evil days coming your way because of the economy. Don't begin to listen to the people in the news. All they know is what they see in the natural world. But you are not of this world according to the scriptures. You came from this other world. Jesus said to the disciples, you know, to the people listening to him. Remember, he was born into this world, right? He lived in this world, right? While he was speaking, he was standing on the world. Now, we'll be surprised. Where are you from? He told them, he said... You are from this world. I am from above. Amen. <laughs> I am not of this world. And you're thinking, hey, but we were around when your mother gave birth to you. What, what, do, you, what do you mean? But he's clear. that When you are born of the Spirit of God, you also are not of this world. You are not of this world. Why don't we see it that way? Some of these things that God has spoken to us, and by the grace of God, us together, our fellowship, we want to believe God. I'm trying to follow through. Because I believe, if I really believe what Jesus is telling me, I, I don't think I may be able to sleep very well that night with excitement. It would be hard to sleep. Even with what I started with. That the glory that, is, that was on Jesus is upon my life. Who is that devil that is going to try to harass me? 
when I'm carrying the same glory that was on Jesus. What devil, what demon is going to try to harass Jesus? Can you believe that? But do we really believe these things? Think about it. It's always according to our faith. And I'm challenging you and challenging me. We need to get things changed in our lives. Because of what Jesus has done for us. Let's stop listening to everyone. Let's listen to what he has to say. Let's take up the book into consideration. Stay with this book. And if he fails, fail with the book. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If we die, we'll die. But we're not going to give up what we know about our God. Stay with the book. When you pray, believe. Jesus said you will have. Today in the closing, as we pray, I want you to pray for something great coming this year. This coming year. That you want God to do for your, for your life and for your family. And I guarantee you, if you see it and can put your finger on it, <laughs> by faith, you'll have it. By his word. Amen? Amen? And there is a God. God is. God is. So we must believe. Faith is a possessor. Faith will possess anything that's given to, God, to us by God. Written in the book. You see, the Bible tells us in Second Peter that God has given us great and precious promises. And that by this promise, we may partake of his divine nature. You know, divine nature is above earthly nature. Amen. It's above all things. The promises are there for us. That's the, our promised land. Amen? That's the land that's flowing with milk and honey. But God told Joshua, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as an inheritance. The promised land is in the book. These great and precious promises. Many of us have not put our footprint on any of, any, many of the promises. All we're doing is begging God. God, please. And God is saying, why don't you step out from the wilderness and put your footprint on the, on the promised land. Put your footprint. You remember God was speaking to Joshua, but that land had already been promised to them. But they can't have the land unless they put the soles of their feet upon the land. Here we have great and precious promises. This land flowing with milk and honey. And God says, go into the land, put your footprints on the, your inheritance. Amen. Put your footprints on your inheritance. Put your footprint on your healing. Put your, front, your footprints on your bank account. See something great coming towards you. Not because of you, but because of what God promised in his word. Nothing more. Faith is not afraid to take his stand on the word of God and the word of God alone. Discounting every evidence and what you know in the natural. That's when God is pleased. God says, I found a friend. I can walk with him. Even though he doesn't see it, he believes it. This is a man to do business with. Let's go take the world. Amen? That's what we need to do.
And this coming year, we are going to be doing that. All of us in agreement. I said it here, why not our church? Yes, we can start with a little place in Nigeria, but I believe this church will be going everywhere. God is going to be raising you. And now some of us are saying, well, I wish I was younger. Well, you too. (laughs) Because I'm not that young either. (laughs) Hey, stop laughing. (laughs) God has his own time. Every one of us, we are going to go into this promised land and we're going to take it. Many times we see some people that have stretched out their faith and have put their footprints on promises and instead of saying okay I want mine too we make them stars and we begin to clap for them and I don't think that's where God wants it he wants every one of us to be in there with the battle and winning the battle amen that's what God wants from us so faith is a possession put your footprints on that promise Whatever it is. And refuse to let. Joshua said, I want that mountain. Remember this fellow? He was 80 years old. He said, I still have the strength. 40 years ago, I was strong. But I'm as strong as I was 40 years back. And I'm ready to go. Give me that mountain. And he was insistent. He told Joshua, Moses promised it to me. And you got to give it to me. But Joshua said, okay, you can have it. He had it. Amen. Wherever the soles of your feet touch, they are yours. Put your feet on God's promises and decide this is what's going to happen. It's, everything is by faith. This has made it so easy so I can give glory to God. I don't have to run and cry and do all of that after my children, wondering what's going to happen to their future. I have their future in the book. Amen. You don't have to do that. Stay with the book. With a good heart just to please God. No other reason but to let God's word flow through my life. So that I become the light of the world. And the salt of the earth. That's all. Let my father's word be fulfilled in my life. I'm satisfied. Amen. That's all I want. Let his word be fulfilled in my life. And God is a respecter of no man. You stand up today. Yes, I count me God, and he pick, he'll take you up. He'll take you up. Forget the past. This is a new day. Amen? Amen? This coming year is a new year. And great things are coming your way in Jesus' name. Your family life will be great in Jesus' name. Your finances will be great regardless of what's happening in the United States and the rest of the world. You are a child of God. You sow into the kingdom, you must reap. If the earth has to vomit it, yes, the earth will vomit that blessing coming to you. It's got to come to you. Amen. Now, faith is not blind to things in the natural. We don't say it doesn't exist. That's what people say. Well, all these faith people, they are saying uh, that these things don't exist. That's not what we're saying. We recognize that it does exist. I feel the pain. You feel the pain of the disease that's going through your body and all of that. But you know better not to to rely on that. Because the Bible says, who has believed our report? 
by his stripes I am healed. I'm staying on that side. I refuse to let this thing bother me. I refuse to go sleepless because of what's happening in, my, in this situation. I'll stay with the word of God and I'll have my peace. Every time you do that, God will come through. God has no favorites. He'll come through. So I discount everything. That's what Abraham did. He discounted what he saw with his physical eyes. And what he was seeing in his own body. What he was feeling in his own body. We talked about that. He knew his body was dead. But he discounted it because of God's word. Now let me show you something. The only way God reveals himself to a man. And there's no other way. Only through his word. If he's going to have you to be his friend. Only through his word. He has no other way. I said it before, God does nothing outside his word. Nothing. He, all he has, his hand, his mouth, everything, it's just his word. His mind, his word, nothing. Let me show you First um, Samuel chapter 3. First Samuel chapter 3. If you read in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. When the word of God has not been revealed to you, you don't know him. Yeah. The only way to know God is through his word. There's no other way. I'd like you to go to verse 21 of the same uh, chapter. He says, Then the Lord appeared again, in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by what? By the word of the Lord. And once God did that to him through his word, Samuel became a great prophet. And the Bible said God did not allow, not God's word, God did not allow Samuel's word to fall to the ground. In other words, if Samuel looked at you and said, tomorrow you're going to die, Go home, get ready. You are going to die. You will die. No doubt about it. God didn't allow his word to fall to the ground. After God revealed himself to him. And how did he do it? By his word. That's why we have a hard time with God when we don't accept his word. And live by his word and his word alone. Discounting what we see in the natural. Amen. That's the only way. This is the only way. God reveals himself to us only through his word. So we are not blind to what we see in the natural. In the natural, we'll see a great giant called Goliath. He's an expert in making war. And if you look at him in the natural, you'll run like the rest of them. Saul and the, the rest of them there with him. But if you, see with the, if you look with the eyes of faith, God on your side. You will see a giant with his head cut off. That's what you see. If you look with the eyes of sense evidence, what you see is a furnace that's been made seven times hotter than normal and death if you don't do what the enemy wants. But if you look with the eyes of faith, what you see in the furnace is life and promotion 
and a cool place to have fellowship with the Son of God. Amen. That's what we need. We don't look at what we see, our resources in the natural. Give those resources to him. Jesus taught us a great lesson when he said, how many bread do you, how many loaves do you have? Well, that's, enough, that's not enough love. Loves to feed the whole multitude. But you give him the little you have with faith, even a little faith that came from Andrew, a lad with five loaves of bread and two fish. Just give him that. When he puts his hands on it, you'll feed 5,000 people. That's all we need to do. Trust him. Don't look at your own resources. This coming year, you don't want to look at your bank account, amen? Because it's going to grow in Jesus' name. And if you have a job, no one can fire you until you want to leave. Amen. That must be our attitude. You can't fire me until God has something better for me. You just can't. The boy said, but we hired you. No, you didn't hire me. I prayed to God and he gave me that job. You can't fire me until I'm ready to leave. And if I'm ready to leave, and if you dare fire me, that's because God has something better for me in store. I just have to look for it. God, what are you doing? Where's this good stuff that you have for me? Not go back home and say, did you know what just happened? And I got fired. I got fired. How are we going to eat now? <laughs> you are going to be really hungry for a while. I'm telling you, that's not the way to go. You tug and say, hey, guess what? They fired me. And they say, yes, but why are you smiling? You're crazy. What's going on? They fired you and you're so happy? Because God has something better for me. Amen? And when that comes to pass, guess what? They say he knows God. And when they are in trouble, they call you aside and say, you know, I have this problem. Could you pray for me? They know you have something. The way I hear them say it in the world, they say, he has something with the man upstairs. Have you heard that? <laughs> he, has, he knows the man upstairs. So please pray for us. Amen. You will be a great blessing this year, coming year. Amen. Your life, your family life, your finances, all of those things will become, begin to turn around for the best. Because that is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you as a child of God. But right now, you don't want to consider what is happening in the natural. That's according to the word of God. That's not according to me. Two cannot work together unless they are in agreement. Don't go sorrowing because of what's happening in your life. It's an opportunity for your future. Amen. Dream big. Begin to dream. Don't ignore what you see in the natural. Make your plans and all of that. You might find out pretty soon that your plans just too small. Don't make sense. Because God has something bigger. Plan. Isaiah 54. Please, uh, I'm getting out of my notes, but this is good. Amen? Isaiah 54. This is what God is saying to you, every one of you this morning. 
Every one of you this morning. Now, for us, every, everyone here is different. Maybe in your situation, it's your finances. Another person is family. Whatever it is, you got to change that by the way you think today. It says in Isaiah 54 verse 2, Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Can you say that with me? Do not spare. I was just trying to check if you see if you are sleeping or listening. No, can Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand. Say it with me. I shall expand. You shall expand. This is the words of the Lord. You shall. God said, make preparations for it. Get yourself ready, because I'm going to expand you. I'm going to put you out there. If you don't do it, you are in disobedience. Amen? <laughs> Expand in your mind. Expand in your mind. What you can see. Expand. Make preparation for this abundance that's coming your way. That's what God is saying. Abundance of health. Amen. Abundance of finances. Yes, it may be hard today, but you'll be walking straight tomorrow. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. He's no longer dead. He's alive. Amen. These are not just good you know, words just to make me feel good. See, that's the problem because you are not true to your word. You think he's just words to make us feel good. Whereas, it's a word from God. Your life can be transformed today. Amen? So we are not uh, discounting what we see in the natural. We see them. We just have chosen not to focus on them. We focus on the word of God. And the word of God alone. I'm going to close with this. Do not forget who you are by faith. Now, when I say I'm going to close, you remember what Paul said, finally? And then he went on for a while and then said, finally again? <laughs> Why are preachers like that? No. <laughs> they always go finally and then finally. If they tell you this is the last word and then it goes real long. God forgive them. They lie a lot. Not can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in this quit. <laughs> but what I'm about to say is so important. I, I really need you to listen carefully. Because you've read these scriptures before. But I want you to see, because as God opens my eyes, opens your eyes, we should see what God is saying to us. Amen? Now, this is in James chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. <laughs> if you're not doing the word, guess who you're deceiving? It's not me, you're deceiving yourself. You pay the price. If you're one way in church and another way in, at home with your family and your wife and your husband and your children... Uh, you're not deceiving the church. Guess who you're deceiving? Yourself. You're doing yourself a lot of disservice. But that's not the focus here today. It says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, that's what I'm focusing on, a man observing his natural face in the mirror. 
For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. What's the mirror? The mirror is the word of God. When you look at the word and the promises, you see fully what you really are in the word. What God has made you. His promises for you. You see, he tells you, you are more than a conqueror. He tells you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He says, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you shall fear no evil. He says he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That's a, a lot. You're looking at the mirror, you see yourself, but as soon as you turn away from the book, you have forgotten who you are. What are you saying? You're not a doer of the word. You don't act according now. Every time Christians see this, they're thinking sin, sin. Yeah, I do this and I'm doing something wrong. That's not all there is to it. That's not all there is to it. Amen? That's not all. We focus, that's sin consciousness. That's sin consciousness, and God has made it very clear. If you are a believer, you are made righteous by Him, and if you do something wrong, He says to confess the sin, your sins will be forgiven, and He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, if He's cleansed you after you confess your sins, and He's cleansed you from all unrighteousness, what does that leave you? Righteous, right? So that's really not, but the doing of the word, he's taking the promises and walking according to the promises of God. You immediately forget who you are in God. And God wants, wants you not to ever forget. You look at the mirror, and when you turn away, remember who you are. Jesus didn't forget. He told them, you are of this world. I'm not of this world. I came from over there. You are earthly. I am from above. And he who is from above is above all. And the word is clear. We are seated with him and we're coming to that. With him in heavenly places. That's what the Bible says. Not going to. Jesus said we, the Bible says we're seated with him. In heavenly places. That's why I said if I really believe all of this. Hmm, I may not be able to sleep. With excitement. Just so excited. Wow, what God has done for me. A lot of people are just thinking, oh, if I could only just make it in, into heaven, you missed it all. This is a great life that Jesus has given to us. Don't forget the kind of person He's made you. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 3. He says, for you are still carnal, just earthly, that's the word means earthly, <laughs> still. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So what does that say? He doesn't want you behaving like ordinary, like the rest of them. He doesn't want you thinking like the rest of them, because you are not like them. When you get into all of these things, the fear and the worry and all of that, you're just like the rest of them. He says, I don't want you being, be, behaving like the rest of them. I don't want you thinking like the rest of them. You're different. But we really need to believe these things. And we believe these things by faith. You can transform your situation. 
Forget your limitations. Those are your limitations. You are, you are with God now. Amen? In one of the words, I think I should go for next week. But one of the things I, I want to let you know, and I'll go deeper on this, you are an ally with God. Two of you are in this together. Amen? When the U.S. is going to fight with Iraq, they were going to fight with Iraq, they had allies all over. If, if the U.S. is defeated, not just the U.S., but everyone that was with the U.S. in the fight, right? Well, God is with you in this fight. How are you going to lose? How are you going to lose? Then it means God will lose himself. Huh? See, these are the things provoking thoughts we should have in our head going constantly. When we talk about meditation, these are the things to meditate on. I cannot be defeated. You can't kill me until I'm ready to go home. Does it make you anything better? It's just because you are not one with him now. That's what makes the difference. Yes, I'm ordinary. Yes, I'm like the rest of them in the world. But now I have the part of God, the part of me that's divine. And I must carry myself that way. Amen? I know we're real quiet, but I pray that God is really putting this thing into your heart. Deep inside. And don't forget what you heard and what I've heard. So that God can begin to do his miracles in my life and in your life. Amen. That's why I believe the, our church is going to be something. Not because of anybody, but because of him. And I want all of us to stay with his word and be ready to be faithful to what God has committed to us. Whatever God has placed in your hand to do in the church, this church, do it with your mind. Whether people notice it or not, that's not your business. Stay focused serving him because God is taking us somewhere. He's going to fulfill it. Amen? All I need to do is make sure I'm faithful to what he's called me. Amen. Now, would you bow your heads, please, and um, close your eyes. I know I'm speaking to this morning, but there, there are those this morning that really need to commit their lives totally to God. You're tired of just doing things on your own. You want Jesus to take control of your life totally. You've not been able to do that, but today you're saying, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I want my life totally in the hands of Jesus. If that's you, can I just see your hand up? See you and thank you. Is there anyone? Yes, thank you. You're giving everything to the Lord. Put your hand up, please. Thank you. Thank you. God has something great for every one of us. How many of us today would decide, I am no longer going to look at the negative things that are going on in my life and my struggles. Now I'm going to turn my eyes to the Word and the Word alone for a solution. I'm going to start doing that today. And you mean it with all your heart. If that's you, I'd like you to stand up to your feet. That means you are expecting a great year coming to you for your children and everybody. Amen. I believe God is doing a great work. The things that you feel today, if they are negative, they won't be there next year. 
by and by, slowly but surely, they are going to be out of your life. And goodness and mercy will start coming into your life and flowing through your life. There's going to be a lot of testimonies this coming year in our church because of what God is going to be doing here. Things are going to change. We are going to another level. I believe that with all of my heart. That's my prayer. That's what my fasting is going to be about. Because as I see God raise you up to become great, then I know, I already know, but I can enjoy the fulfillment of His Word. Amen? In your life. Please raise your hands up to the Lord. And begin to tell Him that because He is the Lord, your shepherd, you have decided you will not know another day of want. Amen. Amen. Tell Him, Lord, I will not know another day of want. You are my shepherd. You are my savior. You are my hiding place. Things have got to change. I'm no longer accepting the things of the past. I'm going into a new day for my life and for my family. Things are going to change. Things are going to be beautiful from now on in the name of Jesus. The blessings of God are beginning to come upon you and to overtake you. Your bank accounts are beginning to grow right now in the name of Jesus because the word of God said so. He became rich that you may become, that he became poor that you may become rich according to his word. So God is touching your finances right now in the name of Jesus. God is opening up the windows of heaven for your life in the name of Jesus. God is touching your family. God is touching your husband. God is touching your wife. God is touching your children. God is touching your relatives. Those that didn't know Christ before will now begin to seek him in the name of Jesus. He's going to be a marvelous year that we are walking into in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the life of Jesus. He gave himself that we might have life and have it more abundantly. You have never failed a single soul that put his trust in you. You will not fail us today. We know that. And we are grateful to you for it. Bless your people mightily. Make them great in the land. It's never too late for any soul. It's never too late for any family. Thank you, Father. You see, I see a great multitude. I see a great people. I see a people of integrity. I see people of joy. People of power. Reaching out to the world. First in their homes. I thank you, my Father, for what you're doing. We can see it with the eyes of our faith. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.